This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello. And it is our goal to podcast about birds at some point in time. So welcome to the podcast. You might hear some weird noises in the background. Weirder than normal. Yeah, it's uh, our cockatiel hasn't learned a new noise. (laughs) It's a liar bird. Yeah, yeah, we have a liar bird in our apartment (laughs) mimicking. Uh, No, we we actually have a photographer from the Star Tribune. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they wanted to talk to us about our podcast. And there's a guy taking, you're going to be able to, we should periscope this. OMFG, (laughs) we should start periscoping our podcast. No, that's a terrible idea. I think it's a great idea. I'm going to periscope it right now. I'm going to do it to the NPS account. That won't get me fired. All right, what are we talking about? Um, we have lots of stories to talk about. Um, first, I want to talk about Million Dollar Duck. Oh, the great Disney movie about... Uh, Donald the, Duck? Yeah. Donald Duck getting hunted? No, there is actually a movie. There is a Disney movie called The Million Dollar Duck. What? Yeah. For movie. reals? Yes. Did I watch the wrong movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> so let me guess. Is Million Dollar Duck, is that... Uh, it's, I think it's one of their live action movies, I believe. You're making this up. All right. Well, you talk about the actual movie, and I will. I will. Look Is this up like the a Disney Scrooge movie. McDuck thing? Because then, when you said Million Dollar Duck, talk about the actual movie. Okay. So, um, Million Dollar Duck is a documentary about the duck stamp contest, which is we've talked about it before in this mm-hmm. podcast. Why you know, purchasing a duck stamp, ninety eight percent of that purchase right. goes to habitat acquisition and habitat maintenance. Well, somebody has been working on a film about it and the duck stamp artists that you can meet. And boy, howdy, are they wacky. Oh, yes. And we, very... we've talked about them here because I'm a huge fan of this guy named Rob McBroom, who mm-hmm. does surrealist uh, duck art. And uh, you may have recalled, I think it was about a year ago, uh, a rival of his went ape shit on the Bird Chick Facebook page because sure. I bought oh, yes. a Rob McBroom. Yes. And then... Yeah, we've linked to it. You can read mm-hmm. it. And actually, some of the stuff has even been deleted. So if you're reading this, you're like, that's crazy pants. It actually has gotten a lot better. Okay, so here's the description. Okay, so that's that's the description of the documentary you watched. Here is the description of the 1971 Walt Disney movie Million Dollar Duck. Uh, Albert Dooley, Dean Jones, a financially strapped scientist, and his wife Katie, Sandy Duncan... Think their money problems have been solved. Wait, when... wait, wait! Sandy Duncan, like Valerie's family. Yes. <laughs> Think their problem, their money problems have been solved when uh, the duck Albert has been experimenting on starts laying eggs with golden yolks. However, Albert's ambitions are sidetracked when his meddling neighbor, Mister Hooper, Joe Flynn, begins spying on his family and discovers the duck's amazing ability. After word spreads about the duck, Albert and his family soon find themselves pursued by greedy FBI agents. I think I saw this. <laughs> this sounds really familiar. I think my mom... Oh my gosh, I'm now like looking up images of it yeah, online. You totally watched this? I, this is all coming back to me. This was one of those things where my mom, bless her heart, trying to find VHS tapes at you know the video store for her daughter to watch. She's into birds. It's Disney. Right. It's a duck. And I think it's a kid... That was in Old Yeller. Sure. Uh, okay, so that so maybe we'll do a double feature and we'll talk about the that million dollar duck next time. So let's talk about this movie. I really, I have to say, I really enjoyed this. Tell movie. me, because as a non-birder, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But it had took it... it took a very like I don't want to say obscure because it's not going to be to the people who listen to this podcast, but to the general pop list. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the federal duck stamp is a you know. The idea that this is a thing that happens and people are super invested in it mm-hmm. is going to seem strange. And I think that's what makes it successful is you get you really get a sense of what this means 
to the people who are involved with it. Yes. And so many of these people are traditionalists. They follow like three or four people. They follow uh, the one of the Hopman families. Is that yeah, the... yeah. They follow the Hopman brothers. Yeah, one and... of them. Only one of them can enter the year that they're covering this, and they're like. They're the they're the superstars. They these brothers have won multiple times. The last time all three of them were in it, mm-hmm. they took first, second, and third first, place. First, second, and third. And and it's fun for me because when they live here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and back when I used to rent a bird store, they would come into the bird store. And I can't sure. remember if I've told this story on the podcast or not. If I have, I'm Tell sorry. Again. Um, the the one of the Hopmans came in one day and was looking at uh, the book that came out from Attenborough's Life of Birds, sure. and it has a, a keel billed toucan on the cover. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at it, and he's just talking about how the color isn't right. And I was like, you know, Attenborough doesn't mess around. He's not going to put a fake toucan sure. on his book. And he was just saying, he's like, no, I've really studied this a lot, and I've really studied it. And I thought, okay, it's an obscure thing for someone in a western <laughs> suburb of Minnesota to study. I'm not going to argue him. But my employee that I had at the time was very proud of me because I was just kind of becoming bird chick and sure. was trying to stick up for what I was saying. And then he wrote a check for the bird seed he was purchasing and I saw the name and I looked at him and I was like wow you really know toucan stuff I said are you you're, you're working on something that's not a duck stamp and he, he smiled and he was very polite very yeah. sweet very nice and my employee kept arguing him and, and it was like when he left I was like do you not know who that was no and I'm like that was one of the Hoffman brothers you don't argue with the Hoffman brother because they study the birds and then um, the cute Hoffman used to come into the other store that I managed <laughs> Burn. What? Anyway. Well, they're all, you know, nice-looking Minnesota so meet, boys, so but there's meet, one who's, like, really just adorable. So you meet one of those guys. You meet another guy who is uh, a professional artist who supports his family through his art. And yeah. I think, did he win once, or did he... I don't know if he's actually won. I think he's come close, and I think maybe he's won a state contest. Okay. And then there's, uh, there's a young uh, woman who won the junior yes. duck stamp contest, the, and she's yeah. entering this yeah. one. And then there's uh, Rob McBroom, and then there's the uh, the other guy. Um, I thought the other guy. Yeah, I thought the other guy was the professional artist. Yeah, there's the there's well, so there's weird. the guy who works as a commercial artist. Yeah. Okay, everybody's taking my picture. <laughs> it's very meta now. Uh, um, so, so you get to meet these these competing personalities, and you learn. I mean, it gives you the history of why this contest is important. Uh, it explains that you don't. If you win this contest and your your entry is picked, you don't actually get a million dollars from the government. You get money because you can license this image and it yeah. raises your profile. And yeah, and, and it'll make people want to buy your stuff right. and whatnot. But what fascinates me about the Duck Stamp in general is that this is the only federally sponsored art contest yeah. in the United States. Yeah, and it's it's it gets you get it gets really harrowing. Yes, it does. It does because when they get to the contest, you are people are literal in the audience. Watching the judges, and the judges, first of all, vote like on 200 paintings, whether it's in or out. And they have to hold up. You have to see this person. It is not. They press a secret button, and it tallies it. You see the person hold up the thing that says, in or out. Yeah. And then you see people get crushed, you know. Well, that was like that when I was doing the Junior Duck Stamp yeah. Contest, was that the kids were in the back, and I had to kind of aim myself, so it was like, as I'm like, I oh, wasn't doing do holding in and out. Kids. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Like, that's got to be, you know. Anyway. But, you know, you would lay something down, and then all of a sudden you'd hear someone in the back going, yay, 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 yay. It's like, ignore, 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 pay, t- oh. you know, because you, then and you don't want to be biased. Like, yeah. I've made this kid really happy. I want and to then you get to, happy. yeah, and then when it gets to the next round, you have to hold up a one through five. Stop it. <laughs> You have to hold up a one through five card. Stop this. Stop what you are. I will stop this podcast and I will walk away right now if you don't stop this oh, nonsense. Oh, come on. 
Sharon is posing for the photographer holding up binoculars on me. Fraud. Swarovski has really great close focus. Anyway, um, <laughs> so really good, you know, documentary. Um, I didn't, I have to say, it wasn't like when I watched, um, I can't remember what the name of the documentary about the spelling bee is. Um, oh, yeah. Bee season or something like that. Where it's like, you get super invested in these kids. It's like, yeah, this is, you know, these guys are going to be, these are all adults. These are, these people are going to be okay. What, but. what fascinates me, and I think this is part of the nature of it being a federal contest, mm-hmm. is that there is a very specific style you're supposed yeah. to do for oh, the yeah. duck stamp. And if you deviate from that, some of the artists are saying, well, you shouldn't even be in this contest yeah. at all. You well, know? And when the- you, I start hearing that, I'm like, no, it's an art contest. You get to be sure. wherever you want. Well, they talk to a lot of the, you know, a lot of them are hunters themselves as well as painters. And yeah. Stuff like that. And they talk to the one woman who is not a hunter, and she's like... Uh, the best time I, the best, the closest I ever came to winning, somebody told me, oh yeah, I'd like, that's the kind of bird I'd like to see in my gun sights. And she's like, ah. Yeah, that's the kind of duck I would like <laughs> yeah. to, I'd like to hunt. So, but that gives you an insight in kind of style. And then there's the, the guy who's a uh, print you own, which, what's his name again? Rob McBroom. Rob McBroom, who is doing abstract art and he's doing, you know, and the best part of the documentary is you see all these guys, it's like. You know, chirp, 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 sunlight walking through the woods. And then they give him, like, rock and roll music flashbang yeah. to the Twin Cities. Yeah. And he's just walking around. And yeah. So he's, do- he's doing his abstract rock. And he's talking about tweaking the other, you know. He, he, artists, he and, and I think there's even a line in there from Tim Taylor saying, it's like, I don't even think he's gone out and seen a duck. I don't think he has either. Because when he wants to paint something, you have like. to see a duck. <laughs> well, when he worked on the last thing that the trumpeters sure. want, I think. I can't remember if it was a trumpeter or a tundra. He asked if I had any photos he could yeah. use for reference. But no, I mean, you can't have not seen a duck in your life that's not possible i don't think he's ever seen a real harlequin duck and that's one of his paintings well i'm just saying he's seen a duck yeah but i mean he i mean you can look i mean the the print i have you can look at it and it's like yeah that is a red-breasted merganser but they get into it and he's sort of and like he talks about like he's doing this he thinks the duck stamp is a good idea yeah oh yeah he's He's like one of the best ads for the duck stamp he's trying to expand it he does not expect to win he doesn't think he gets like one in vote he's like oh i did better than i thought but just like he's, it's you know, I I wish I'm glad he's there. Doing that's this. yeah, yeah, and I mean that's that's one of the that's that's what I love about art yeah. is that you you can have rules and contests, mm. but part of art is you're going to break rules and you're going to do things that are different. Yeah, and they talk about like in the in the as they're talking, they show them talking to the judges because again, they you know as you said, they have rules and it's like so. And the guy says officially, what you're looking for is something like the the anatomic correctness of the the depiction and its uh applicability to be on a stamp neither of which is true you're not going to get glitter on a duck stamp which he uses no no and that that's what sets my print apart is that it has been hand glittered by rob so it's not just it's not just uh a painting i mean it's but, yeah. And I mean, he's been in the New York Times. Sure. I mean, he is one of the most well-known duck stamp artists, <laughs> and yet he's never, he's never won anything. It's not uh, you. It's not you. All right. So you may have heard me say it's not you. That was me talking to the photographer because he. Well, was... I thought we were breaking up. <laughs> in that case, it would be it's you, not uh, me. Right. It is definitely you. All right. So yeah, definitely check out uh, the Million Dollar Duck. It's on. Uh... Amazon. Okay. Um, you can rent it, and it's probably on iTunes and stuff. It's, it's DVD and streaming yeah. now. It yeah. was going to different film festivals, and, and it's a few years old, but it's it's definitely it's worth enjoyable. watching. Yeah, it's good. And now I'm curious. You may notice that our tone of voice has changed because there's not a photographer here clicking in the and back. Now, now this podcast gets and real. Now we're going to move into our financial section. We'll have Sharon Steidler. 
talking about which hedge funds you should invest in. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, so right. first, we're going to go ask Foxy Moneybags what we should be investing okay, in. Okay, I was doing NPR. I have no idea what the hell. I You're was, doing like... I went to morning television. You No, you went to like... Damon Runyon, Guys and Dolls. <laughs> no, <like>. no, no. <laughs> and I can't stand him. How can I get Nathan Detroit to marry me? It would be deleterious to my career. All right. Anyway, uh, anywho, let's... so the photographer's gone. This podcast yeah. can get real. We guys. <laughs> he was taking pictures of everything. Everything. Great. You know he's going to listen to this, right? I don't. I, I'd be shocked if he actually did. All right. Uh, so what else? What other news items do we have? For which to talk about here on our podcast, which is the thing that we are doing. The items to which we are speaking? Yes. Is this is this the party to whom I am podcasting? Yes. All right. Well, since we're talking about hunting, yeah. uh, there is a guy who got into a bit of trouble. Okay. He's a USC trustee. Okay. So University of South Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, who pleaded guilty to killing hawks. Oh, right. I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. And uh, he's... He's... His... Lawyer is disputing his sentence because he got fined $75,000. That's unheard of. Normally, these things are just like, yeah, we'll just fine you a thousand bucks or we'll we'll put you on probation. Like, the range is also, I imagine, like, based on your ability to pay. So, like, if somebody has very little money and they get charged, you know, a thousand dollars, that's a big chunk of change. That is true. That is true. And this guy, if he's a USC trustee, I imagine he has, it's not, you know, a thousand dollar fine would not be a deterrent to him. Yeah, yeah. And he could have gotten a, a, a six-figure fine for sure. what he did. And he also got 50 hours of community service at an avian wildlife center. And how many cocks did he kill? It's more than one. I didn't go to the actual story about what he did because I knew I would get pissed off. Sure. But from what I understand, he trained some students to trap some hawks on his property because he had some quail that he wanted to hunt, yeah. and the hawks were, were, were hunting the quail. And so you, U.S. Fish and Wildlife set up an investigation with hidden cameras and mm-hmm. stuff, and it wasn't it wasn't quick yeah, and easy for these that, hawks. That's, yeah. that's conspiracy, that I think. That deserves $75,000, especially from someone who can afford it. Gosh, can you imagine what a sweetheart he's going to be at, like an, an avian rehab center? I bet he's just going to be a joy to work with. <laughs> but, uh, no, his lawyer is arguing that the uh, judge has an unnatural love of birds and that her fine is excessive. An unnatural love of birds. So, yeah, because he's like, uh, he cited something that she said in open courts, like, I took an ornithology class with a noted ornithologist and bird photographer, and it opened up my eyes about birds. And, and so he's like, yeah, this this judge was biased and gave an unfair... It sounds like something a lawyer would say. It does, it does. Yeah. But Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad he was fine. That's I know, for once, like an actual fine, it's like, good, good. That that, yeah. that should hurt you a little bit for what you did. And this is the thing, it's like... You wanted to kill some quail, and you got mad that this, these hawks were also probably... Eating them to survive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just... <sighs> People. I really hope this guy's lawyer was, like, uh, wearing a white seersucker suit with purple suspenders. Ah, my client has clearly been... I don't think his lawyer was Foghorn Leghorn. It might have been. You can't prove he wasn't. Boy, wouldn't that be... Boy, that would be a good get if you walked into... A suit about how you were illegally cleaning birds and your lawyer was Foghorn Langhorn. That would be a good get. <laughs> but the judge was the little chicken hawk. <laughs> With like the full English wig and the robe and stuff and the giant cowl. I don't think our judges are allowed to wear the uh, wig. Well, the English know. wig. It's, it's the South. They do weird things there. Okay. <laughs> well, do we have any other stories or can I just sit here defaming the South some more? 
Uh, oh, hey, where would we be without a Pokemon Go story? Because we're still under st- siege with Pokemon Go. Okay. Uh, some Pokemon Go players helped a distressed pelican in Wisconsin. Okay. So they were out playing the game. Mm-hmm. They noticed an actual bird. Sure. And it was tangled in some fishing line. Aww. But they helped it. They sure. got authorities to it. And I was like, no mention was made in the story, however, if uh, any of them got barfed on by the pelican. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad they helped the bird. That's, you know, it's like these are I'm sure, you know, it's a cute angle. It's a pop culture angle, but it's like that story of the person who found the dead body. It's like, okay, that's they didn't find, you know, it's it, it's it's something that this is not the first time we have heard this story that people have found distressed animals and da 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 da. These people just happen to be playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, like if jogging were suddenly a new is this is the 60s and jogging was a new fad. Jogger finds dead body. Uh-oh, jogging isn't safe. It's like, okay, yeah, that's just what they were doing. Well, and it was kind of like the stories that were coming out, too, that my friends who were very anti-Pokemon Go yeah. saying, yeah, it's just like birding. Here's people who did, you know, stupid stuff, sure. like get run over by cars or fall into ponds. Right. And I was like, I've known birders who've fallen into ponds. That is just like, but, but you Walked know. Walked onto airport tarmacs. But yeah, pe- yeah, people just doing stupid things. Trespassed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Walked around with cameras where they shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it is a lot like birding. But actually, one of the one of the people I know who was like, you know, put, putting a lot of stuff out there about, you know, how stupid Pokemon Go players are, mm. I taught them how to play it, and now they're having fun. <laughs> actually, what I really like about Pokemon Go is that it's still a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are still playing it, but now kind of like an evenness has settled over. Sure. I mean, yeah, there are people out there with some powerful Pokemon, but it's still doable to beat those Pokemon. And you can just kind of walk around and still take over gyms. Anyway, I'm still enjoying it. I just was watching. I'm curious to see, like, what the, you know, if they have a next phase in mind, like, if there's going to be... They're going to have to do something for winter. Because no one's going to be playing this game in the wintertime. But just, like today, Rice Park was just chock... And this is a, one of those city block parks that you find in downtown St. Paul. I imagine that, like, if they don't change the mechanic, like, like you need to introduce battles or whatever. If Mm -hmm. they just start introducing new Pokemon, that's, you know, going to revive it. Mm. No. Gotta catch them all. All right. What other stories do we have? Uh, <clears throat> did you see the hilarious story with Aziz Ansari? Yes, I believe I pointed that out to you, in fact. Well, lots of people pointed it out no. to me. I don't know who was the first person to... It was me. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, there was a BBC documentary going on in Planet Earth, mm-hmm. and somehow the closed captioning got confused. Right. And an Aziz Ansari... Uh, comedy routine. Which it's like the screenshots are really fantastic. You need to check these out because it's Aziz Ansari who is the most, I don't say he's the most urban comedian, but he's the most like, he's always talking about like hanging out with Kanye, going to clubs, how his, you know, it's very, very funny to see like these observations on modern life put over like, was it like one of them is a bunch of antelope running away and it's like, these bitches got to get out of the club or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think there's one with uh, a bunch of reindeer, yeah. and uh, and it's like, ladies, let's get out of this club. Yeah. Dudes here are busted. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check that out. Definitely, while well, your time, I love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then and there's... I think we need more of that actually, because I mean, so I'm, there are people who do it as jokes, like the guy who did uh, the honey badger stuff, and like he did a bunch of, it. but like so many of these uh, nature documentaries, they're so earnest. They're like. And here, the eternal battle of life and death. I really wish we could get somebody who just really has 
just a completely different take on these matters. And it's like, yeah. I'm sure we could do this. You could do this. You should narrate a documentary. No, I need to. Like, I, like, I just really want, like, different points of, of view about this. And there's, like, you know, there's a, you know, like, you, or maybe you have two people, like the scientist and the non-scientist, like, doing that stuff, but. All right. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> hey, we need to talk about the American Birding Association. Again. Bill. We already talked about them. Bill. Have you accepted the American Birding Association as your I personal bird club? No, I was birder of the year two years in a row, and then I gave up. <laughs> so we should we should actually okay. So there is a contest going on with the American Birding Association uh, to get new members. Yep. And uh, if you get so many members, then you're eligible to win prizes. There are three prizes. One is a pair of Zeiss binoculars, which I'm sure are great, but I don't need binoculars. Uh, the other prize is a trip to Trinidad and Tobago, and then there's a, a, a trip to Panama. And we are we are in second place so far, and I would like to keep that because that means we get one of the trips if we win. Oh, okay. But you're probably thinking, hey, why should I join the ABA? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Especially if I'm going to join the ABA and say that you or non-birding Bill were the ones that got me to join. Why should I be helping you get a free Only trip? Only join with my name if you are under 80 years old because I really want to bring new burgers into the ABA. <laughs> well, we have some stuff for you. We okay. have some stuff to give. As a matter of fact... Wait, this is bribery. This is going to get us disqualified. Okay, first... No, it's not. Okay. Because... Okay, so last month we won a whole bunch of Kaufman guides mm-hmm. and we gave some away to people mm-hmm. that wanted them and then some people were like, just give mine, donate mine. Mm-hmm. I just... I joined the ABA just so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one book that nobody claimed was the book that was autographed by the Ken Kaufman himself. Burn. So, Burn. we're going to keep this going. If you s- but we're going to up the ante. If you don't ante. join the ABA, we are going to send you this book. <laughs> so, so if you join the ABA and send us this. We're going to send us the proof that you've joined oh, okay. the ABA. You send us the So, <laughs> you are in the running for this Ken Kaufman book that's autographed and right. I think it says thank you for supporting bird conservation. We'll personalize it. We'll put anything in it. Now, if you're thinking, that's great. First, first prize is a signed Ken Kaufman book. Second prize is two signed Ken Kaufman books. You know what? We won the contest again and they were going to send us more books. <laughs> And they weren't they weren't Kaufman books this time. They were the ABA state state sure. by state. And it was like I have all these, and as much as I love doing contests, that seems kind of weird. Like, I can't afford that. Like, okay, first of all, okay. In all honesty, yeah. I appreciate the ABA for sending out these prizes, having this contest, and I appreciate uh, the people for donating them. I appreciate Ken Kaufman for signing this book and stuff. This seems like odd prizes to give to people who are getting other people to join. Well. Maybe the person that's getting other people to join mm-hmm. is not someone who has a podcast and gets sent books all the time. No, I'm just saying. It seems weird, like, okay, I'm... Because, I mean, that's like, I'm, I pretty much I'm have all these the books ABA, you're sending me. I'm getting other people to join the ABA. Here are some guides that you probably have. Yeah, yeah, that does seem seem strange. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So, so that's why we have something else even better that the ABA is not going to give you. All right. So, we have the Ken Kaufman guide that you can ask for. If you ask for it, it'll be personalized. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we have by us, by us, so we personally has already signed it, but we'll we'll put anything you want in there. Like if you within reason, it has to be like under fifty words. Don't give us the fucking Gettysburg Address. No, but like let's say somebody doesn't like something, sure, and someone wants us to say you suck, Sharon Steitler. I will do that. We can send this book to your enemy. But okay, prize number two that you can ask for, we have a postcard Mm -hmm. that is autographed by a casual birder. 
He's never written a bird book. He's casual. He's casual. He's British. He's totally casual. He's hip. He's cool. He's 45. Actually, he's older than that. Anyway, we have a postcard here that says, thank you for joining the ABA, which could be American Birding Association, or if you know a lawyer, you could give it to that person and say, hey, thank you for joining the American Bar Association. But we have a postcard that is autographed by Neil Gaiman himself, (laughs) which I'm now suddenly realizing this may be a mistake. You're bending it as you're holding it. Sorry, I'm going to stop touching it. Um... So that is another prize that we have to give away. If you join the American Birding Association and let me know this, show me the proof with your receipt. And if you also, you also need to tell the ABA that either I sent you or Bill sent you, then you could be eligible for a Neil Gaiman postcard. And if you give us your address... I don't know why I have to keep stressing this. Yeah, who are you people who don't give us your address when you say you want a prize? address is... Uh, this is picture Neil going, I heartily endorse this product or event. Anyway, but this is, this is a genuine Neil Gaiman autograph. We watched him write it. Well, I did. It's got, it even has like a little food stain on it a little bit. So, you know, there's probably some DNA in there. So you got that going for you. Um, and then, oh, 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 you know what? Mm. I will, you know, I'll throw in a third prize. Mm-hmm. I have a disapproving rabbits book that I will personalize. All right. And so anyway, join the ABA. Let me know if you want Kaufman, Gaiman. Or Steitler. Let us know what you want. Join the ABA. Show us the proof. Do we have anything else to talk about? No, we don't. We No, no. We should talk about why people should join the ABA. Oh, I know something else we're going to talk. Oh, we've got two big stories to talk about. And anyway. God damn it. All right. Woman takes photo of a duck. Great. Great story. Turns out it's a giant black dildo. Would be more inter- you know, that's not an interesting story. Man Bites Dog is a story. <laughs> Woman photographs dildo is not a story. Okay, so where did this story take place? Australia. All right. Which actually, she probably would have mistaken it for a black swan. The movie? Okay, I can see that. Yeah, you can totally. So, but but no, it's just basically, it, it, there's, it looks like it's taken through a deck fence. Really, cockatiel? This looks like it's taken through a deck fence, and it's like, oh, hey, here's a duck. And I can kind of see at a distance how it kind of looks like a small black duck, domestic duck. Uh-huh. Uh, but she thought it, you know, it wasn't moving, and it, <laughs> it, it, it just, it was kind of staying in the same position. And so she went out to, like, take a closer look, and it is a giant black dildo with testicles and a strap and the whole nine yards. Okay. So do we think that a duck had this on, or... Well, you know, it's not spiral bound, so I don't see why a duck would be interested in it. Well, fair enough. But uh, how many of us have tried to turn objects into birds? Oh, I'm glad you said birds. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's the second story you needed to discuss? Quit trying to rush me. I'm, I'm still focused. <laughs> this is the thing. Okay, so the other thing I want to... Oh, maybe I should have like not done this one last. So there's a video that's going around uh, that the National Audubon Society shared. It's one of the nature cams. Mm-hmm. And it's an osprey nest. And the three young osprey, they are... It is like the day they are about to fledge. They're hanging out in the nest. Yeah. And a bald eagle... You see a bald eagle coming on the screen and an mm-hmm. adult osprey chasing it. And that eagle is gunning for those chicks. Mm. And what is fascinating about this is that all three of the chicks do something different in defense do something different in defense of the bald eagle. And one of them does not survive. And it's just fascinating to kind of watch cuz like one of the chicks is like, 
holy fuck, I'm getting out of here. There is a bald eagle. My Our parents mm-hmm. are in full alarm. And it, it it's it's its first day fledging. And it kind of mm-hmm. jumps out in the air and it falls. And the bald eagle kind of goes for it, but misses. And then one chick kind of like pancakes flat down, which is something that osprey chicks do. Uh, mm-hmm. When we go to bandom, that's, that's like they just kind of go limp. And when they do that, they have all this modeling on the back. And mm-hmm. so they kind of blend in with the net. So it's a reasonable defense mechanism. Just like, I'm just going to flatten out and pretend that nothing is going on. And you'll think I'm a piece of the nest. And then the third one is like, I'm going to get all big and puffy and flap at you and maybe like look scary. That's the one that gets eaten. So it's just fascinating to watch like three different defenses. And and I mean, it's it's crazy good video. And then not only do you watch the fast version, Audubon's like, oh, yeah, we got to show this to you in slow mode. Too. No chair, of course, yeah. And that's just heartbreaking. That is, but anyway, it's it's fascinating. Nature, it's I mean. one of the things that's happening with these nest cams. Yeah. We that's... live in an age of miracles. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's nature and that's science. You get to see that this is science. happening. I didn't know that eagles would go after prey like that. Osprey? Yeah. They're practically fish. All they eat are fish. It's just fish-flavored <laughs> chicken pra- with feathers. And that's why the Pope says you can eat them during Lent. They're practically fish. Oh, my God. So, apparently Cornell has put out one of those quizzes of what bird are you? <laughs> okay. And I don't often take those quizzes. And and I saw like some people linking to it. Someone in my office today, who's not really a birder, took mm-hmm. it and just absolutely loved it. And and, and sure. when when they took the quiz, they came up with the Kestrel. And it has like a whole personality mm-hmm. description to it by like something you get in Cosmo. And I'm like, that's adorable. And then she wanted us all to take it. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. And I can kind of see where the questions are going. And I'm answering <laughs> them honestly. And it's like, oh, I bet I'm going to get crow. Sure. You know what I got? I got fucking chickadee. I was so pissed. Why were you pissed? Well, number one, I would rather be a corvid than a chickadee. Sure. But it was like... This is cute. You're small. You eat a lot of seed. I'm an omnivore. I eat meat. Which I guess, you know, <laughs> chickadees eat a lot of suet. suet. And I there do like go. to eat that. Yeah, but no, it was like, I'm reading this. I'm like, yeah, this is me. But it's like, I know a lot of people like chickadees. I don't mean to diss on chickadees. I would almost rather be a house sparrow than a so chickadee. like being sorted into Hufflepuff? Or it, yeah, I really felt like I got sorted into <laughs> Hufflepuff. And then everyone around me. Someone who at work I affectionately refer to as man bun. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. You can totally have your bun and be a man. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. glad we're at the point now where it's completely inappropriate for a man to comment on any aspect of a woman's personality. But if men decide to wear their hair in a ponytail or whatever, that's, you know. Ponytail is fine. Time to pile on, everybody. Did you say ponytail or ponyta? Ponyta. Anyway. Really disturbing how much we know about the cartoon Pokemon. Ponyta. Um, saying true. Uh, no, ponytails are fine. Here's my issue Mm -hmm. with men and long hair. Conditioner. It's a thing. Use it. (laughs) And it's like, fine, put your hair in a bun. That's great. And especially if you want to wear that bun to work, awesome. Go Mm -hmm. for it. You know, whatever. But make it look nice. Don't make it look like some ratty mess you just threw on the back of your head. How would you feel if I was saying this about women? Like some new hairstyle women had where it was like that sort of like 90s punk thing where you're putting your hair in tons of mini uh, uh, ponytails like all over your head. Why can't you just look nice? I'm not asking. For me, a man. No. What I'm saying is look like you washed your hair. I'm just telling you. No. It's like if somebody wants to put your hair in all all those little teeny tiny Mm -hmm. braids as someone who wears unique hairstyles Mm -hmm. to work from time to time. Sure. 
make it look like you washed your hair. Maybe they're not dressing for you. Maybe they don't want your opinion. Maybe they don't want you telling them to smile more or that their hair would look I better. D- I, if I have told anyone at work to do anything, I've never told anyone to smile more. Sure. Actually, actually, we, we had an intern the other day who came up to me. Because we have a new set of interns that are mm-hmm. really quiet. And so one of them came up to me the other day and they were like, I'm going to do a webinar and I just want to know if that was going to bother you because I don't have headphones. And I was like, you want to know what bothers me? You're too quiet. You need to make noise. You need to talk more. And so. All right. What was the actual story we were talking about? Where did we, how did we get to man buns? I don't Oh, remember. oh, we were talking about the quiz. The quiz. The quiz. Okay. The quiz. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, you know. Man Bun got uh, a great blue heron. Okay. And then, you know, the guy next to me... Which also has a rather unique hairstyle. In the I actually back, told him. I actually... Sure, yeah, well, yeah. I have a, a, a great sure blue heron prop. criticizing him. No, no. I have a great blue heron prop. And I, like, put it up next to him. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're both tall, mm-hmm. lank, lanky. You both vomit as mm-hmm. a defense. Yeah, sure. I can totally see this. And But I told him, I was like, look, see, and it has, like, a little ponytail in back. We can put it in a bun if you want. Mm-hmm. I, we could totally do that with a great blue heron. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the guy next to me, he got red-tailed hawk. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, I would rather be a red-tailed hawk than a mm-hmm. chickadee. Someone else got a uh, bald eagle. And I was so bitter, I said, yeah, I, I believe that. I've seen you eat carrion a couple times. Sure. Anyway. Anyway, My I, I guess... Chickadee. My little chickadee. Chickadee, dee, dee, dee. You're tiny and noisy. I agree with that assessment. It was like saying, it's like, oh, you welcome anybody into your flock. You confront bullies. And I'm like... No, you're small and loud. I think I'm small like, and loud. Yeah, yeah I think the, that's that's the that's, assessment of it. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else? No, but I wanted this podcast to keep going, so I'm having so much. Actually, I really feel like we do need to like tell people why they need to join the ABA besides sending us to Trinidad well, or okay. Panama. Do I need to be a part of this? Why can't you just do this? All right. As a non-birder, why should people join the American Birding Association? <laughs> Not the slightest idea in the world. Why it's the only nationwide bird club that we have here in north america so and also one of the things the american birding association does since we talked about the duck stamp earlier is that you can purchase a duck stamp from the american birding association and that way when the aba goes to u.s fish and wildlife they're like all the people who bought a duck stamp from us they bought it because they're birders they're not buying it because it's hunters so your numbers are not being lumped in with hunters we can get a good idea with that you can go to american birding association rallies in your area we should host a rally let's do that no yeah you do that i'm not going to do that you should come to one event people are going to want to meet you no yeah no yeah no. yes no. You're, you're gonna do this <laughs> Not. We should do it. We should do a live podcast. No, I'm already in trouble for taking children out of school for a march about sparrows. You never did that. You threatened to. You never did. <laughs> All right, this is Bird Chick Podcast number two thirteen. If you have any questions for Sharon, you can contact her on Twitter. She is at Bird Chick. She's on Facebook as Bird Chick. You can go to birdchick.com. There's lots of ways to talk to my wife. Um, Don't talk to him. He really won't answer. No, I won't. he never answers me on Twitter. What? All right, uh, we will be back soon with another podcast. Take care.